Konnichiwa. And how do y'all? I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. And welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. That's right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What a <laughs> tournament. I'm, I'm exhausted. I am just mentally exhausted from the crying yesterday. Aww. I mean, it was, it, well, I'm not going to give away any spoilers in case we actually have a real listener who did not watch the <laughs> tournament who just tunes in for us. We won't spoil it for you, but oh, it this tournament gave us all the feels. Yeah, it really did. And we're going to get to that in the second part of our podcast. But first... We've got some bingo to go over. Oh, yeah. And some other announcements. So Bingo time. It's fairly typical for Lari or I to completely screw up (laughs) who wins bingo. This is not the first, maybe the second time that we just totally screwed up the announcement and it's totally on our our end. It's, It's just like when we wake up, I suck at social media and so... I just see all these messages and all these bingos, and I just am like, we, we got a winner, and I'm checking time codes and everything, but it slipped through the cracks this time. Well, so, And it's hard because, I mean, nine of them come in at once. If we're lucky, one or two people bingo on a day, yeah. but usually in these bingo games, it's nine or ten people that come in at once, and they, they send their bingos in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, it comes in different platforms, but we had a winner, and it was Cody Catchy, but we had an objection by another bingo winner. So yes. we think, I think, uh, Eduardo Barbo, number who one. Was, who was in fourth who, place. Yes, who also bingoed. Yes. Who raised his hand and was thank also, goodness. thank goodness, was also waiting for Mitaki Yumi. So when we first saw the bingo, we were like, oh, we have a bingo. It's Mitaki Yumi. And we just looked, yeah, he has his kachikoshi. But then when it came down to the timing of it, he was also waiting for Mitakiyumi to bingo. So that's why he thought, wait a second, timing-wise, Sabrina actually won because her matches happened earlier. Now, I will say, Cody was such a sweetheart. It was an honest mistake. He was not trying. You know that feeling when you have a bingo and you're so excited, you're so close? Yes. And you raise your hand a little early and then you get checked and you're like, no, you don't have this one yet. It was that. And he was so funny about it. So we are still going to honor him. He's going to get Georgia Peach Jam. And we're <laughs> Because off. it was really our fault. It was our fault. It was totally our fault. And we just love, like, I want to send jam to everybody, honestly. But Sabrina also gets a special mention today and jam. And we're going to give a little love to Cody because Cody is awesome, too. It should be said that all these guys... We're watching, guys and gals, we're watching Sumo in the early hours of the morning. Yeah. So, I mean, our bingo came in at 2.38 a.m. our time. Yeah. I was fast asleep. From (laughs) from that to 3.43 and then onwards, 3.53. I mean, yeah, very early in the morning. So it's really easy to make mistakes (laughs) at that time of the day. (laughs) We just want to honor everybody. I just want to read out some other names of other people who got bingo before we get to our spotlight, though. Yes. So congratulations to Cody, to Sabrina, to Lorenza, to Eric Reed, who might have actually been the very first bingo, but he actually forgot to push send in his email. So it was still in his email box when he woke up the next day and actually didn't send it until 728 the next morning. Congratulations to Japan Fiber, to Lola Scavino, to Mika Grimmer, to Eduardo Barbo. Thank you for the hand raise. Yep. To Loska20, to Velsi, to Daniel uh, Zielstra. 
Astra, if I'm saying that correctly. And were there more on Twitter that I missed? Oh, I mean, no, I think that's it. But that's not all of them. And we still had through day 15 people getting their bingos and just letting us know. So like shout out to all y'all. We love that y'all play. It's so fun for us to just see how serious you guys take this. We have to give a major shout out to our our shittiest bingo card, our crappiest card winner. Yes. Now, we had a lot of really persuasive crap cards. We did. We had a lot of them. It was really hard. Equally as hard to go through that and be like, no, that's, that is a crap card. And you actually, rude. yeah, and people who were arguing <laughs> that their card was the worst before the Basho even began. Yes. We see that and we honor that. <laughs> we do. We do. But that's the thing about bingo is that like you never go, you never know who's going to go out. You never know who's going to have the crappiest tournament. And you could think from day one, you're like, oh, I've got all these top guys in there and I'm going to be good. But the, the advantage comes sometimes with the Kachikoshi with the lower ranked wrestlers. Yes. Because they wrestle first. Or, yeah, they wrestle first. And so that's the case with our, our actual bingo winner. Yes. But this lady was very persuasive in her in her shitty bingo in card her reasoning. Incredibly shitty bingo card. So let's play some shitty music. Great. This is from Elizabeth. The card was pretty much dead by day eight or nine, with only one outside chance for a bingo, which Okinaumi blew today. <laughs> also, ironically, giving me my Makikoshi bingo. And the way the Makikoshi fell, it was pretty easy to see early on that this was going to be a card with all paths to victory being blocked. <laughs> I'd also like to point out, even before the Basho began, I was calling out this card as my outside chance card. Why? Because I had no Yokozuna, only suspended Asuruyama to represent the Ozeki positioned so as to automatically kill a row, column, and diagonal. So she had Asuruyama dead center and not one Sekiwake. So this was mostly a Maigashira card to begin with. So uh, she uh, included her card with her colored red pencil scribblings um, <laughs> because she likes to have a, a tactile feel to her losses. I get so, it. I get it. <laughs> anyway, um, it was fun, and that's what it's all about. Yes. So we're going to send you a brand new Takamisa Kari. Uh, it's oh, what's it say on it? It's all about Takamisa Kari. It it's a extra large and or two X. I don't even know. You can sleep in it, swim in it, wear it all around town. Who knows? But it is coming your way, Elizabeth. Congratulations on your crap crap card. Yes, well done. But let's celebrate our. Our real winner and our almost real winner, but we made yeah, a mistake our, winner. Yeah, our premature winner, <laughs> <laughs> Cody. Cody stumbled upon Sumo in January of 2021. So he's a brand new. Oh, he's new. a newbie. Yeah, brand new guy. Uh, he fell down the YouTube rabbit hole one night. It was actually a Tochin Ocean versus Hakaho bout that caught his eye back when Tochin Ocean was a force to be reckoned with. He said, I was in awe of these guys' statures and even more amused by the tradition surrounding the bout, the salt-throwing, attire, gyoji, shinpan. It was like I stumbled across a completely different world. Because you did. 
Because you did. You did. That's so cool. A sport so simple, but so beautifully complex. My favorite wrestler all time is Harma Fuji. I totally get it. But favorite current Rikishi is his stablemate, responsible for the greatest comeback in modern sports history. And I'm confident in saying the 73rd Yokozuna, Terano Fuji. I fell so in love with the sport that I decided to pursue a media career in the English sumo world. I'd like to highlight the personal and mental struggles of Rikishi and remind the world, though built like gods, they themselves are humans and live a hard existence. Thanks for the John Gunning interview. It was quite useful and entertaining in that regard. He is my non-Rikishi idol. Oh, wow. How is that? That's really cool. And John said no one would like that interview with him. See, oh, that proves it wrong. Cody, so wrong. Cody really dug it. Yes. But drumroll, please. This is our real, true bingo winner. Congratulations, Sabrina. Sabrina got into sumo when her boyfriend, Matt, started watching a sumo anime that eventually led them to checking out the grand sumo highlights on YouTube. So Matt had done freestyle wrestling in school and was always interested in various grappling arts from around the world. And he has since joined the Dallas Sumo Club. He's here! Yeah, so as of his first meeting last weekend, he is now Sabrina's favorite sumo wrestler. Oh, How I sweet love is that? that. That's very sweet. Uh, Sabrina says she really loved all the ceremony and pomp of sumo and studying the history, but what really struck me was seeing athletes with non-traditional body types and clear indications of past injuries pulling off crazy feats of agility and strength. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at the beginning of 2020, which is a disorder where my immune system freaks out and thinks my joints are a foreign invader in my body, causing massive, painful inflammation that can eat away at the bone and eventually start destroying my organs. It was so bad I literally couldn't walk. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to afford health insurance in many years, so it took a while to get diagnosed, and by the time I got my first MRI, the doctor discovered that the joint degeneration had already just begun. She put me on experimental drugs, so as of May, I am officially in remission. Way to go. I've basically not left my house in a year and a half and gained a bunch of weight while waiting to be properly medicated. It's all very depressing. Here I am in my mid-30s, feeling like my whole body has turned against me. But then I started watching Sumo and realized there's still plenty of hope. I have a soft spot for Tochin Ocean and his bad knee, still rocking the doyo with his impressive upper body strength and inspiring me to also, maybe one day, have a six-pack just under my belly fat. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I used to love Abby, and I even got a Christmas tree ornament of a little sumo wrestler that kind of looked like him. But as a person with an immune disorder in the middle of a global plague, I was very disappointed when I learned that he broke the stay-at-home order. Yeah, we all were. I know, Abby. I really hope he is learning his lesson as he blasts through Jurio. We're going to see him quite soon, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I have to say, these days, Ura has become my favorite Rikishi, as he is clearly not afraid to get creative and is always highly entertaining. One last bit here. Right now, I'm teaching myself how to use a 3D modeling program specifically so that I can make mawashis for my sumo characters in my Sims 4 game. Oh my gosh. How amazing is that story? What an interesting person and like an incredible story and and um, just another reason why like sumo is inspiring to so many different people in so many different ways. Here, 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 here! Congratulations, 
Georgia peach jam is on its way, y'all. Yeehaw! <laughs> Shall we jump, though, into our rehash of our favorite bouts from day 10 through 15? Yeah, sure. Actually, let me say, before we jump into this, mm-hmm. what I would love for you guys to do, if you were as inspired by this tournament as I was, is call us, leave us a message, tell us your opinion of this basho. Tell us your takeaway. Tell us your favorite moment. We just might play it on the podcast next week. Yeah. So- it was such a huge tournament for everyone. Everyone has so many feels about it. Yes. Everyone has something to say about it. Everybody's talking about Hakaho and how yes. it all went down. We want to hear your hot takes. Yes. So call us. You'll leave a message at 903 664 Again, that's 903. Well, it's the U.S., so it's 01. 903-664-5162. If you're overseas and you can't call us on the phone, send us an email. Yeah. We'll read it on air. I just want to know your opinion. All right. All right. Day 10. Day 10. This is the day for me that I just wanted to note just the funny things that happened. This is the day that Kageyaki got butt smacked by Kaisei. Yeah, got sat on. <laughs> just, just is twisting throw and he lost his grip. And then I just kept thinking, oh, my God, Kageyaki just got he just got butted. Yeah. By a very large well, man. And the best part were the pictures, honestly. So many others took to social media with just that image of that spot. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we're, all of our brains are in the same places. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> also the day that took ashore you uh, in his match with Tamawashi, uh-huh. he ran so hard and so fast off the doyo into the audience. You know that really pretty lady that's been sitting there? It's a new lady. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> He was pummeling like straight towards this like slight, beautiful Japanese woman. I remember that. And uh, everyone was just like, oh, <gasps> that woman had serious agility because she did move over like completely to the side with Tokushoryo of all wrestlers just flying straight at her. But you I know. bet. What do you bet? She had a huge smile on her face the whole entire time. I imagine that's why you like those seats. To be like, is today the day I get crushed? Yeah, I'm going to get flattened. There could be worse ways you. to die, right? I can't think of a one. I can't think. I mean, <laughs> this is, anyway. Also, the real match I want to talk about is Takoyasu versus Wakataka Kage. I really loved this match. Yeah. Takoyasu did... An excellent job. He looked like the veteran he is. He was constantly thwarting a very quick-moving Wakataka Kage, who's quick thinking as well. And Wakataka Kage's of every advance, he would end up shoving his shoulder right or left, Takayasu mm-hmm. would, to get ta- Wakataka Kage off balance, which is what Takayasu is so good at. And finally, the veteran that is Takayasu wears Wakataka Kage down. I mean, just plum tuckered. And he just steps back into the side and he twists Wakataka Kage down to the ground. It was a beautiful move at the edge. It was a thrust down. It was just gorgeous. You know what I loved about that match? I love watching Wakataka Kage work at his physical limit. Right. I mean, I think about this all the time. I love watching all of these guys work at their physical limits and then go beyond them. 
And so in this fight versus Takayasu, I mean, he was schnockered by the end of this. He was this. drunk? He was totally, <laughs> totally beat. He put everything he had yeah. into moving Takayasu and couldn't do it. He just no. simply couldn't move that massive man like he wanted to. Well, and I mean, Takayasu's arms are so long and, and lengthy that, you know, he had to be low and feisty and also be extremely concerned about that reach because Takayasu mm, has an incredible reach on a little guy and just uh, he did pretty well but he still got plum worn out. Well, Takayasu is almost like um Takara Fuji once he gets set he's yeah. just solid. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, just like not budging. like Hisayama mountain. Like you cannot you cannot move them. No. And as hard as Wakataka Kake tried, he just could not do he it. He couldn't do it. But he'll come back stronger next time. Oh yeah. But that of was a great he will. match for yeah. me. Yeah. I also loved on day 10. There were a lot of little guys doing great sumo on that day. I don't know if you remember the Ura versus Chionokuni bout on that mm-hmm. day, but Ura won and he did that little uh, like jumping thing, that little yeah. Pooh Bear bounce that he does when he's very yeah. proud of himself. He did well. Tertsiyoshi did well against uh, Dayamami that day when he did some leg picks and then a huge uh, Yorikiri. Ishiura handled Tochinoshin like it was nothing on, the, yeah. on day 10. Also, that was the day Kiriwayama threw that textbook beautiful uwatanage on uh on kotoeko it was a thing of beauty he was just like right inside he got a left uh belt grip and he executed a beautiful throw that's funny because i don't remember that on day 10 it seems so long ago i don't even i I know I do remember on day 11. Is it okay if I just yeah. go to day 11? And there are other things I'd like to talk about on day 11. But talk about beautiful throw. Do you remember the Hoshoryu versus Shodai bout mm. on day 11? Okay, Hoshoryu, what is he? My sure four, Shodai, Ozeki. Shodai should have taken this. Well, there's a lot of things Shodai should do. <laughs> Well, what I remember about... <laughs> like, at least get 10 wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I really remember about that fight, I mean, they they both came in low, hot, and fast in the beginning, but Hoshoryu got in a little bit lower. Shodai attempted this Shitatanage, but Hoshoryu didn't go anywhere. And they ended up essentially side to side. And Hoshoryu had the perfect position to trip Shodai's left leg. And Shodai realized his problem and tried to shuffle way backwards. But every time he shuffled, Hoshoryu put that leg right behind him. It was just like he was tripping Shodai continuously going backwards yeah, over that, and over yeah, and over yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. And, and Shodai just stumbled backwards mm-hmm. and out. I just thought it was really cool and beautiful. Day 11, we had that match between Myoguru and Chiono'o. Oh, my God. The Uchari match. Yes. Uchari, Uchari, Uchari. And what does that mean? It means what is the English version of that? It's 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 the backwards it's the backwards twist down. That's not the official thing, but it's when somebody is going out backwards, and as they go out, they grab the person in front of them, twist down, and the other person hits the dirt first. Yeah. What is the official translation of uchari? It's like uchari, ari, uchari. Yeah, u t c h a r i. Backward pivot throw. Backward pivot throw. Yeah. And it was incredible to see. Actually, it was so close. 
sometimes people will throw in Uchari and it's very clear. But this was one because, as I remember, they were going off the doyo and like going past the plane of the doyo. And it was really close. I remember it being really iffy. Yeah. Well, and the heels were off of the clay by literally maybe a half of an inch. It would have been impossible in the moment to really see. Yeah. Between who, you know, the heels grasping the Tawada and who was really, you know, did that happen or yeah. was it in the fall? But um, should I set this up a little to help people? Sure. Yeah. For sure. Picture it. Yeah. To set up what this was, Miyogidu had Chiyono'o against the Tawada. Both, like all their feet were just in the ring. They were chest to chest. And Miyogidu rammed his chest up against Chiyono'o, whose back was headed out of the ring. And they both went out of the ring together. But Chiyono'o grabbed Miyogidu and twisted as they went out. Miyogidu's foot tapped the ground as they were going out. His toes were clearly in the ring. But as they twisted in the air, Chiyono'o bent his knees and did this back bend spin it was magic yeah that's really the best way to describe it i don't even know how it happened in the time i don't understand that agility and honestly when they showed the replay i wasn't i would not have called it an uchari i would have just said let's do it again because that's it what was i so, would have gone for so too. close yeah yeah the decision they had a mano e but it was eventually reversed I think they initially gave it to Miyogiru. No. They did. Yeah. Then, they initially gave it to Miyogiru, which and, is exactly what I would have done. Yeah. But then they reversed it to no O. And it does look in the slow-mo that Miyogiru was just like falling a tad bit worse. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> but so I close. still would have said, this is a Tori Neoshi. This yeah. should have been a rematch. I, I would have said the same thing, but Miyogiru agreed with the, I mean, I, I remember him just like nodding like, yep. That's exactly what it was. I think he could feel himself just falling a little bit faster, mm -hmm. and he knew that it was a good call. Yeah. So I'm going to say Miyogidu knew what the heck was happening. Yeah. I Surely more than I did. What about day 12? Day 12 had a lot of action. There were two matches besides the biggies at the end that were interesting to me. Do you remember the um, the Battle of the Legs, Tsuyoshi versus Chiyoshoma? Yeah, that was actually my favorite bout of this entire day. I, I don't I can't even explain it except to say that Teretsuyoshi was like, I'm going to leg trip in front. Nope, I'm going to leg trip in back. Nope, I'm going to grab your leg and then I'm going to trip you. It was just really great sumo from Teretsuyoshi. Yeah. If you have a better explanation, please go for it. It's just that, so Chiyoshoma obviously is Mongolian. And I feel like the Mongolian wrestlers have a mastery of leg picks and using their legs more than the average Japanese big guy. Mm -hmm. And he's tall. And so I always think Chiyoshoma is such an incredible wrestler just because of his full body agility. And going up against a taint sea wrestler, mm -hmm. which is Tetsuyoshi, you could see, okay, Chiyoshoma seems to have the advantage here, height, and he can move just as well as this little guy. And it was Chiyoshoma who proved to be no match for a very small man who operates closer to the ground and with all of the tools in his in his toolbox. And as they both tried uh, to outleg trip each other, it was Tetsuyoshi who ended up crushing Chiyoshoma finally, not a crush, but he he did a massive leg trip and Chiyoshoma is kind of thrown backwards and out. It's called a Komatsu. 
Komatasukiri. It was an unusual kimorites, not one that we see very often, which I is can't even why it's really it. hard to pronounce. Komatasukiri. If you were going to sit like on your dad's knee when you're a little girl, yeah. it was like he was escorting Chiyoshoma into that position and then he continued to push him over backwards. <laughs> Yeah, to the ground. Like if Santa pulled you off of his knee backwards. Yeah, (laughs) it was kind of like a trip and a lift and a push backwards all at the same time. It was very cool. I have never seen it, and clearly because I can't pronounce it, but that to me was incredible. The Takayasu versus Kiribayama and Kiribayama. Uh, whatever his you know record was, I still am adoring him and his his upward momentum and yeah. and he uh, this was an epically long match and they seemed to act as if as this was like a marathon like both of them barely crossing the finish line and most of the time it was Takayasu reaching for Kiribayama's belt and Kiribayama just holding on for dear life so there were many many stallouts and a sneaky advance. I think, actually, Kiribayama used the Gyoji's movement behind them. I think he was going in to pick up a cigara uh, that had fallen to the ground, you know, the glued sticks that mm-hmm. they wear. Yeah. And had fallen. And the Gyoji went in there to grab it from the ground. And that moment, because they usually pause in that moment. Yeah. That's when I think Kiribayama went for the Makikai. And it, it didn't end up working, but it was that advance that is what got the movement to the final push done. And that was like all the energy that Kiribayama had. Takayasu just pushed him out. But you could literally see this incredible wrestler of Kiribayama just exhausting himself. He has nothing. He had no ideas left and he w- he had no energy left. <laughs> and do you remember in the interview afterwards, they had Kiribayama up there and it was, I don't know, like two, three minutes after the match. And he was sweating like he was sitting in a sauna. Like, I just remember thinking, give this guy a fresca. He earned it. Holy, <laughs> he earned it. holy cow. He did. I think, I mean, I definitely have. I, I some... said it wrong. Takayasu was pushed out by the Kiribayama. Yes, yes. Yeah, Kiribayama won. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I mis- misread my notes. But yeah, he was, they were, pl- they were tuckered. Yeah. But he did it. He, well, that was the day he got his kachikoshi. Yeah. So that's why he got the interview. Yeah. So that's why I remember <laughs> so much sweating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also just talk about random things that I love. I mean, Ura versus Tochin Ocean on that day. Yeah. I'm not even going to talk about the sumo because it was great. But the end of it featured Ura doing a forward flip off the doyo. And he ended with this perfect, contented smile, just like Pooh Bear. He's so and fun. I just love watching that kid. He's so talented. It's just so great to see him back in the upper division. And that was one of the Ura shining moments for me. But let's jump to day 13. Well, Ura did not have a shining moment on day 13 because that was the hair pull. You know what? I completely missed this hair pull. I mean, I thank goodness, it. thank goodness they stopped the match and, you know, or they didn't stop the match. Thank goodness they had a Manawi and someone else saw the hair pull because I would have completely missed this one. It was hidden, but it was, whether it was accidental or not. It was not, totally it accidental. Was, okay. I believe. Okay. <laughs> well, Ura did not like it because he was fuming. He was plum pissed. But I loved it because you do see through him. You see his emotions, even though they all try to be so stoic. But um, 
he I think he, he didn't he like it because it was a pretty it. it was a pretty throw and he liked the throw. Yes. But he knew he did it because no the slow mo at the end with his arms stretched out. I think it is arms and his fingers were splayed at the very end like, oh, I didn't do anything. My fingers were like this the whole time. No, I think fingers just get caught in that hairstyle. Well, yeah. I mean, fingers get caught in a ponytail all the time. Yeah, it's still a disqualification. So <laughs> he did not like it. I think he didn't like having the call reversed when he knew that he threw a great throw against a much larger wrestler. I'm sure he did not like having that reversed. I agree with you there. Why do we have to agree or disagree? Right. We, yeah. It's just what we each see. It's all good. Gosh, there's so many on this day that I absolutely loved. I just want to mention we were treated to two rematches on day 13. Both of them were fantastic. The first one, and they were right in a row, as I recall, mm-hmm. one right after the other. Tobizaru versus Kagiyaki was mm-hmm. the first one, and Hoshoryu versus Ichinojo. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a close, that close of a win-loss a rematch as Toby Zaru and Kagayaki ever. I, in the slow-mo, I still was still like... Still couldn't d- decide who won? I don't. I I mean, I'm glad they did a rematch. Yeah, me like, too. Literally, I think this was the exact, like within yeah. a split second. No, I totally agree. Like, looking at the slow-mo, I was like, I cannot tell who won that yeah. one at all. So that was a really good call to do that one again. In the rematch, Kageyaki sent Tobizaru flying out of the doyo and right into the loving arms of Ichinojo right. with a huge shoulder blast. And then I think Ichinojo was like, oh, I like this doing two two <laughs> matches in a row. I'm just going to get up and do the same thing against Hoshoryu. But it didn't end as well for Ichinojo in that match. <laughs> now this, talking earlier about huge, great throws. Yeah, and, and Hoshoryu. perfect. Hoshoryu did the most amazing shitatanage against Ichinojo. I mean, the camera angle was perfect on this one. They pulled out and Hoshoryu grabbed Ichinojo's belt and he had to get his entire body from his little toes to his head totally involved in this throw and he leaned hard to the left and threw Ichinojo to it's the really dirt. It's really a lesson in oh. physics. Oh, totally. Defying gravity, um, leverage and he executed it perfectly in the yeah. split second. It was my favorite throw of that entire day. Yeah, it was great. Yeah technique. This was also the day that Shodai put Terenofuji on the ropes. Yes, he did. This was such a great fight. It was. And the crowd, there was a collective gasp. Yeah. Because they were very vocal. They on this were. One. I mean, you could tell everyone is on train Terenofuji. They are on this ride. Yeah. And Still, good for Shodai um, for really challenging. They have a tough matchup, right? I believe that like yeah, Shodai these... is the one that really baffles Tadanofuji repeatedly. Well, there are several guys, like Takayasu is one yeah. of those guys. Um, Shodai and Tadanofuji are pretty evenly matched. I wrote down that these guys had met 13 times and Tadanofuji had won just over half of them. Terunofuji had won seven. Right. So it was a real equal matchup. Right. right. 
So um, he was able to recover at the edge from, Ted Inafuji was, from what looked like a completely impossibly unrecoverable position, if that made any sense. It looked like, how can you recover from that? But Ted Inafuji had magic at the edge and he ended up, he ended up winning, which is great. Can yeah. I give a little bit more of a breakdown? One of the things that Ted Inafuji does really well is he likes to grab his opponent's belt and then pull them in and up high which doesn't work so well on a big guy who fights well up high like Shodai and who has a lot of lateral movement mm -hmm. like Shodai. So when Terunofuji pulled him up and high and Shodai rocked right and left and got Terunofuji back on the bales, I mean, the crowds, they really did know that Terunofuji was in trouble. I think they were all like me shouting, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, at the TV. Um, but Terunofuji fought back right from that edge. They separated for a moment, and then Terunofuji got that belt again on the front and walked forward, kept Shodai right in front of him, kept him from moving, moving side to side and pushed him out with an Oshidashi. Uh, it was not a clean Oshidashi. It was a bit rambling, but he did it when he needed it. And on yeah. day 13, that took him to 13-0. and mm -hmm. It was a really great fight. Another one, the Hakaho versus Takayasu. I mean, these are matches I love to see. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, now we're watching the guys at the very, very top go up against guys, the guys that are going to challenge them, that are going to bring out the absolute best in mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And uh, Takiyasu, in the end, um, he had a pretty relaxed nature going up against Hakaho, which he always has. He's gone up against him many times. Well, and he usually loses, so... Part of me was thinking, but oh, not he's probably too, thinking, let's get this over with. Maybe. Yeah. But then again, he doesn't know what Hakaho's felt like for a long time and he's injured. So who yeah, knows? Yeah, but their record, the Hakaho Takayasu record is 22. <laughs> and one of those wins of Takayasu's was a Fusensha. So he was going up against a guy that he's only beat one time. Well, and he did. Once he grabbed Takayasu's belt, eventually he, he was toast. Yeah. But I always hope for. I always hope for Takayasu to win. <laughs> you can hope. It was called a totari. It's it's an armbar throw, mm -hmm. the totari. It's one of those that I usually miss because it's so fast, especially when Hakaho does it. So at this point, I mean, these two guys, you all know, Hakaho and Terunofuji have been in the lead for a long time. By the end of day 13, they were both 13 and 0. Day 14 for me, one of the highlights was getting to see Waka Motuharu come up from Jurio. We got to see a brother, a mm -hmm. new brother in the top division, yeah. who hopefully we'll see more of in the future. I just want to say a little something about Hokuto Fuji versus Tamawashi on day 14. Yeah. Tamawashi jumped to the side at the Tachiai. Hokuto Fuji was not fooled. He came right back. And I don't know what happened. It was like he was bent over a little far. And Tamawashi gave Hokuto Fuji a push, like a shove. It was That pushed like, him wow. backwards so far and so fast that it really honestly looked like Tamawashi apologized. Like, he did. Came over. He put his hand up afterwards like, and he so was sorry. like, I'm sorry. For yeah. That. Like the I'm official sorry. name for that was Oshitaoshi, but it was like an Oshi on the floorsy. Like, yeah. I mean, it was that like, shove would easily oh, kill a normal person. That cupping is doing Tamawashi wonders. I know. <laughs> he is so freaking wow. strong. He really is. I got I got cupped today. 
Oh, did you? <laughs> I did. Oh. <laughs> well, I noticed last week when I went to physical therapy, by the way, my neck, I did a yoga handstand and it's been jacked up forever. But um, I got cupped and then I noticed last week I was wearing like a sundress and then I had all these like bruised marks where my injury was. And I was like, what is that? And then I noticed as days went off, I was like, I've been cupped like tabawashi. <laughs> and I got cupped again to get today. So no strapless dresses for me. And is it working? It does work. Yeah. I mean, I was telling it to my physical therapist and he's like, yeah, those guys probably have considerably larger cups than what we're doing on you. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you can feel it. You're like, oh, go. What do you feel as it's pulling the blood into the area? It is like having a massive suction cup on your back, but it it's pulling your ligaments and your muscles just to make them relax. So they have like four of them or five of them all in a certain little area, and they all twist in different directions. And after they take them off, you can feel like your flexibility come back because I'm tight where my injury is. So Got it. The power of the cup. The power of the cup. And it's working for Tamawashi, and it's working for me, too. Oh, good. I want to talk about, there was so bad. Oh, I know. my God. I mean, we will get to Hako versus Shodai, but Ura versus Meisei. Ura hits and shifts up top, and he steps to the side of Meisei, who, for the most part, stays really focused, so he doesn't wobble or give in to this, and instead does this epic Nodoa attack on Ura. But Ura has such incredible back flexibility. I mean, mm -hmm. he is a gymnast. So when he is pushed up against the ropes, he ends up in literally like a Olympics grade backbend. And all of the other wrestlers would not be able to rebound from this position. But he is in this complete backbend. And then he ricochets back into the ring, back towards Meisei, and he then in that moment gets a real quick left grip on Meisei. Mm-hmm. He manages to get the advantage here right off of that backbend. And he gets also this uh, front shallow grip on Meisei. And being as super low as he is to the ground, it was just this remarkable moment when he had this solid grip after where he came from. And he just gathered all strength and just pushed forward at Meisei and drove him directly <laughs> backwards and out of the ring. It was an incredible uh, display of strength and agility. That was some Thor-type strength strength he summoned there when he needed it it looked matrixy in his back thing and, and he, he was gripping the tawada and he beat a komosubi yeah it was which a big is deal. a big deal for someone fresh back in makauchi it took his record to nine six so that was a really big deal and i really enjoyed that fight too we could talk about Tadana fuji and takiyasu but we've already we've talked a lot about takiyasu i think we should get to that match that's the match of the day which is Shodai versus Hakaho with that incredibly deep. Uh, he was so far away from the Shikiri Sin and uh, the the white lines. Although, well, you can talk about whatever you want to. I think I do want to touch on Terunofuji versus Takayasu only because day 14, Takayasu is going for his Kachikoshi. Terunofuji had never made more than 13 wins in a tournament at this point. So this was the point at which Terunofuji was potentially going into new territory. Right. Brand new territory. Right. So for me, this was a big deal. Um, Takiyasu needs his kachikoshi in order to remain sekiwaki. So it's very important to him. And it's really important for Terunofuji because he wants the best record possible 
to meet Hakaho on the final day. Right. And Takayasu has the edge over Terunofuji. He's beaten him 12 times out of 20. Right. So this was, I can't skip over this bout because it was, oh, it was, there was a lot writing on it. There were a number of very loud gasps in this one from yeah. the audience. We were, it was I, very worrisome. I <laughs> liked this one because it was a classic struggle for the belt type of match. Both men tried to get in really low and both are really excellent at keeping the other's hands away. Um, it ended up being a head-to-head battle. Uh, Terunofuji got his fingers on Takayasu's belt, but then he couldn't hold on. It became a real handsy type of sumo meeting. And then each man shoved the other one around, pushing, pulling, trying to get back in low. Once Terunofuji succeeded on getting the belt, it was all over. He just escorted Takayasu out of the ring with a yorikiri. But it took a long time to get it. And it was one of the first match. Well, it's one of the many matches, I'll say, where I feel so happy for the guy who went, won. And at the same time, I feel bad for Takayasu, who was then still sitting at seven wins. I didn't want him to win against Terunofuji, but I also wanted him to get his kachikoshi. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, it was kind of like, is there any question is there any question about Terunofuji being Yokozuna anymore? By day 14, he's well, got 14 Well, he's officially a runner-up if he lost the next day's bout. Yes. So officially at that moment, you go, okay, as long as he shows up tomorrow, I felt like it was kind of a done deal. I think he's got it. Okay, which brings us to the big interesting one of Hakaho versus Shodai on day 14. Do you want to break this down or should I? No, it, it, the the thing we all remember about it is that Hakaho decided to not meet Shodai for the Tachi basically at the Shikiri-sen. And so Shodai stood up and had a moment of like, what's going on? But it was more than that. First of all, remember that word trickeration? Yeah. This was absolute Hakaho trickeration. Yeah. The, yeah. And he critics did not like it. Well, some people loved it, some people hated it. What I thought was so interesting about it is he approached every bit of it absolutely like normal, absolutely normally. And then, right at the very last moment, stepped all the way back, feet against the Tawada, and squatted into position first. Before Shodai even went down, which is unusual because Hakaho usually waits for his opponent to go down first. Uh, it was a baller move. It was interesting. And the crowd actually gasped. Well, when he, and the commentator, like, like everybody was like, what? Yeah. And Shodai was like, what the F is this? Yeah, you could see that on his face. Like, what the, like, everybody was mumbling. Everybody was, con- everything about it was weird. Was just Weird. He was giving us the Hakaho show. It's the whole show. It's, it's kind of it's so entertaining. It's really, it's really brilliant. You have to give the guy major props for keeping people on edge because nobody knew what to expect from this. Well, it's also interesting too because we don't know how bad his knees hurting. Yes. So I think a lot of people were like, "Huh, huh, is this a desperate move, or is this a mind game, or is this?" Uh, to prove to Shodai that um, he's going to have to step up to the plate with his current record, which is, to him, is unacceptable. For me, I saw it as a teaching moment um, from somebody who's going out to somebody who's the next generation to say, you better learn how to fight better. 
I'm going to give you something you've never seen before. And here goes. <laughs> so once they got going, Hakao stood up at the tachiai, and poor Shodai was even more confused. They tiptoed towards each other, eventually got going, and after a couple of really big I mean, slaps from Hakao. I mean, Hakao worked lash inducing. Hakao worked poor Shodai into the corner and after a stare down, he eventually got Shodai's belt and with one Yorita Oshi took Shodai up and out. Shodai basically didn't have any room to maneuver. He did here. attempt a, a a throw. He did attempt a twisting throw on Hakao. It just didn't get very far. Uh, yeah. Abesi Taoshi. Abesi Taoshi. Abesi Taoshi. What's the winning Kimari? Oh, apologies Abisi for really not saying it correctly. Abesi Taoshi. Um, there was a lot of talk on the interwebs about the unbecoming nature of this. As an outsider, I can't really say what's unbecoming about the way a yokozuna fights well i think anything that breaks hinkaku and that's the main criticism of his behavior and that in my opinion i love him he's a warrior warriors on a battlefield don't always play by the rules that, that are set out there they, is nothing against no, the rules in no, this at it's all it's war so you do whatever yeah. you want to do to win. And that's exactly what he did. But Honestly, it's not always appreciated it, because it's not honorable well, to some. I, d I didn't think it was not honorable. I just thought it was bizarre. I'm not saying it wasn't Well, yeah, honorable. yeah. I know. I know. I, I just, my personal feeling was it's strange. It's bizarre. I'm really glad I got to see it. And... He still beat Shodai. There was nothing he did against the rules He's here. He's allowed to do I it. I kind of dug it. Or honestly, if I'm being absolutely serious, I'm like, so was that what Tobizaru was trying to do and he just failed? I really I really liked it. Well, years ago, they didn't have a tachiai. A lot of these guys didn't have to have their hands down on the ground. Yeah. So... To me, I also saw, I don't know, maybe this is something from ye old days he's trying out. <laughs> Who knows? He's like, let's do it old school style. It's my last basho. Why not? So day 15, that set us up for a classic day 15 showdown for the sixth time in sumo history. Two undefeated people met on the final day. The last time it happened, Hakaho was a part of it and he met Haramafuji and he lost on that day. But this time it's Terunofuji versus Hakaho. Do you want to say anything else about they any other not, fight on uh, that day? Well, uh, Tamawashi versus Tobizaru. I mean, that was a crazy, amazing win for Tobizaru. Also, Wakataka Kage versus Miyataki Yumi. I mean, there was a picture-perfect Watanage throw. And in slow-mo, it just, it, it was beautiful. And Miyataki Yumi went twisting to the ground by Wakataka Kage. It was beautiful. But but no. Because we've all been waiting for this moment in time. What about Takayasu versus Shodai? Because it was pretty big deal, too. Uh, I'm, it all was. Sekiwaki rank versus Ozeki rank. I know, and they're going for, yeah, it's it. Okay, but we'll the, skip right over it. The sumo, <laughs> the sumo was so good. And these guys with Hako in have given us 15 days, 14 and a half, 15 days of incredible sumo. And here we come to this moment in time where we have a possible next Yokozuna, who's pretty much guaranteed to get it if he beats Hakaho, versus Hakaho 
perfect record. They haven't met in like four years, these mm-hmm. two. Yeah. And he wants to go out on top. This is his last boss show. His family, his four children are there. All of the tension, all of the questioning of him as Yokozuna, all of the questioning of can Tedano Fuji do this? Can he rise from the ashes? Comes to this moment in time. This match on day 15. Two guys, perfect records, 14 and 0, both going for epic, epic goals, like dreams. Their dreams are in this match. That's a perfect setup. So when they finally got started after a really long stare down. I mean, those guys could vogue. I would Which put them on a catwalk because I loved. they were yeah. fierce. And I have to say, by the way, I this is the only time I have stayed up to the middle of the night. So for me, this was at 3.45 a.m. And I was wide awake enjoying every moment <laughs> of this stare down all by myself. And once they got going, there was a deadly accurate forearm shiver that hit Terunofuji right in the neck. Terunofuji still got Hakaho's belt with his long arms, but Hakaho's incredible speed came into play. He spun backwards and in a circle, breaking the grip. Then Hakaho started a vicious couple of slaps across the face. This, along with a forearm shiver, took Terunofuji to the edge with a look on his face I can only explain as rage, maybe? Maybe. And he started to slap back. When Terunofuji went for those slaps, Hakaho got in deep, got Terunofuji's right arm, spun hard, and threw him to the dirt powerfully. His aggression was there. His... Hakaho's speed, it really did look like Hakaho was fighting for his life. And isn't that what Sumo is supposed to be? Yeah. But what was interesting to me is from the very beginning, you know, he normally does his roundhouse open face, I mean, open hand slap. Yeah. He didn't get a good one. He did like a like a soft one. But then he came in with this friggin' brutal forearm blast. And I think... That it was also in the mind games of why he's so good is that he knew that that move against that wrestler was going to piss him off, piss him off, or just whenever someone is emotional about what I can't believe that happened, and then you have to recover in that split second. Yeah, Hakaho took advantage of that because that was a mistake that Tedanofuji made. Is that he got that. When that rageful moment happened of like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to come for you, Yokozuna. This is what I want. But in that moment, you're vulnerable. Well, it's interesting. And that's when Hakaho took the advantage. The the commentators all said that was a mistake, but I, I'm not sure that I agree that was a mistake. It's, I, I mean, it's who knows? human nature. But it did, with the lift of those arms, that was the opportunity that Hakaho seized to get in on the belt. That did seem right. But I will say, after this fight, that that scream of elation versus relief versus rage, whatever it was that Hakaho did, like flying spittle and all, was so awesome. And so I, it was, for me watching it at the early hours of the mornings, it was really interesting because I felt so many things simultaneously 
I felt elation for Hakaho. Oh, because I he'd, cried. He'd been working so hard for this moment, and it proves that he's still got so much going for him. And he he proves all the doubters wrong with that. So I was elated at that. I mean, he is an aggressive Yokozuna. That is his style. But it really did look like he was... It looked, it like, looked like he was trying bite. to break Terunofuji's arm. Yeah, it looked like a street bite And Terunofuji, the way he landed on the ground was so hard and so sudden that at the same time, I was like, oh, shit, is he hurt? Yeah. Is Terunofuji And he was hurt? lifting his arm after the bosh, I mean, after yeah. the match. I was so like, oh, I God. was, I mean, I was both elated and uncomfortable with it at the same time. And I'm a Hakaho fan. But these guys are channeling everything they are into this doyo to win. I can't even remember if I said this earlier. One of the reasons I watch sumo is to watch people exceed their limitations. Yeah. Physical, yeah. mental, or otherwise, right? Terunofuji yeah. was exceeding his, like, more wins than ever. He was exceeding the limitations from a past injury. All of that was him going beyond his limit. And watching Hakaho in this fight, he was limited by his past injuries, by his uh, knee pain, by his age, by the fact that he hasn't been in the ring really for a year. And and what I saw was him channeling something so deep and I don't even know that there's a word for the kind of aggression and I put your life on the line I mean, type of win to that the that end. was. It really was fighting to the end. It was like a fearsome power that he pulled up from I don't even know where to get that win. And honestly, when I watch that, I have to bow down at that because that <laughs> is something I have never been able to access. And to think that he's been accessing a version of that repetitively for as long as he has makes him just amazing in my book absolutely amazing yeah i i think also to factor in i mean he's probably scared too i mean he's a he didn't know if he could do that right and coming into that huge moment when so much is expected of him and everyone tells him how he's supposed to be how he's not supposed to be and he knows at the end of the day i have to win he has to know that it's the end too for him at Somewhere. least in his mind he, he knows that this may be my last one out there's so much stress and pressure going into that moment for he's a human being anybody would be just beside themselves in that moment Absolutely. of nervousness of anxiety of you know trusting your gut as best you can but also going up against somebody the other best guy yeah, in sumo at the very end of you know at the very end of your career. Yeah. I know. And whatever he was channeling in that moment, whatever both of them were channeling in that moment, made it across the television camera, mm -hmm. across the world, to me at 3.45 a.m. Yeah. And I felt it. It was palpable. They also so gave us made a lot it, of drama. If, well, there was a lot of buildup. But still, if two guys a half a world away can create that on the television set, on the doyo, it's powerful. Yeah. That's, a, that's just a whole different kind of power. Did we talk about how it ended? Yeah, we did. We talked about the match. Yes. Yeah. I know. It's, it's like, <laughs> what have we talked about? <laughs> but the good news is... I think they both win. 
They do. Because here's the news flash. They had an emergency Yokozuna Deliberation Council meeting. And everybody's been reported like, you know, an exit poll <laughs> of all of the YDC people. And they all were asked about Tadena Fuji. Also, why do you have an emergency YDC meeting? Yeah. Because you're going to you're going to promote him. Yeah. And they all basically said, yeah, we it want was him. unanimous. It was unanimous. And it's just we got to wait till Wednesday to make sure it's a formality. Yep. But I think that we are going to see. The 73rd Yokozuna Terenofuji by the end of the week. Yes. And that's pretty darn exciting. I yes. mean, that is, and we all want that. Even though he's he lost, who cares? What a story. Oh, yeah. What? It's Yusho equivalent. Yeah. He's got it in the bag. He Everybody fought like a Yokozuna. It. He oh, delivered. Yeah. He's stoic. He's got the hinkaku. And this, I mean, in the story, you have to appreciate where he's been, where he fell to, where he rose back from, and to where he is now to give that performance to and, make Hakaho, oh yeah, fight like that. Yes. that's a great, great warrior. And for me personally, he's the first new Yokozuna I will see come up to that rank because I'm a pretty recent watcher myself. So I'm very excited to see what happens next for him. And I cannot wait to see which version of the Doyo Iri he does. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe we'll even get to see him at the Olympics for the yeah. first time. Wouldn't that be exciting? I mean, oh! I mean. Oh, there's just so much to look forward to there. So, wow, what a basho. Yeah. Congratulations to our bingo winners who are just as, I hope they feel just as victorious. Uh, a shout out to some recent donors. Oh. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Dr. KVC said, thank you for validating my fangirl crushes on some of the rikishi while taking sumo seriously as a sport. Chiyomaru and Inho are my bays. <laughs> We got that review, and I was like, our work is done. I our know. Work I'm glad we can give you done. some serious fangirl business, but also some sumo, too. That's right. So thank you, Dr. KVC. Thank you, Chris Kettle Frisbee. Thank you, Cole. I didn't realize until today, Cole, but you are our first monthly donor what? ever. We got somebody on the hook ever. every, every month. For that reason, I wrote you a poem. So this is to you, Cole. You mystery person, I love you so. Your keen interest in sumo is what intrigues me. Your support in two ladies talking about sumo makes you extraordinary. I picture you with long blonde hair flowing in the wind, big and strong, holding a hammer. Oh, no, wait, that's Thor. But you are my sumo-supporting superstar, Cole. Beautiful poem. Wasn't it? That was yeah. very nice. Thank you. Didn't rhyme, but that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to rhyme. That's right. The feeling was there. That's right. Thank you again. That's yes. very generous and kind. And yeah, we thank you guys for your support. It is much appreciated. Reminder, call us this week, 903-664-5162 to give us your feedback on the Basha. We will feature you next week if you leave us a message on our podcast. That's right. Until then... 
I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Sayonara. Mm-hmm.